not know Frank Zappa. I'm not, yeah, I don't know the catalog very well myself. I nope, not even the slightest bit. But I think he looks cool. I agree. I love the vibe. And that's what this is all about, the vibe. Let's vibe out like Zappa. I'm here for vibing, that sounds good. Hello, everyone, and welcome to an edition of This Week in History. Today, I am joined by Doug Zwick, and he has not heard... Hey! And he has not heard these stories before, so Doug will be asking questions along the way and helping me tell these tales to their fullest comedic effect. This Questions week- such as, am I allowed to say hello right after you say my name? I'd rather you're not. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's fine. You make the rules. I don't, I don't... That's fine. This Week in History. September 24th, 1957. President Dwight D. Eisenhower ordered the National Guard to enforce racial integration of schools in Little Rock, Arkansas. After the U.S. Supreme Court decision on Brown v. Board of Education, the National Guard was sent to Little Rock to enforce the ruling and allow the Little Rock Nine into the school building. At first, segregationists protested heavily and blocked the school. The governor of Arkansas even sent the state National Guard to aid the segregationists. Eisenhower invoked the Insurrection Act of 1807, allowing him to send federal troops to perform law enforcement, and he took control of the 10,000-strong State National Guard. Okay, so the first thing I think of when I hear this, this is not me, I'm not about to try to make a joke here. What I want to know is, that that Insurrection Act, was that, because, um, you know, oftentimes you hear about stuff, like, especially for, like, the, the January 6th, mm-hmm. you know, situation mm-hmm. and, all, and a lot of the stuff that's that's come since then with Trump's indictments and all these things, people talk a lot about some act or law that was that was brought into place that is going to be... People are going to try to use that to indict this person or that person or these insurrectionists or whatever. And then you'll hear commentary talking about, oh, that was created for the purpose of trying to do this one specific thing in the Civil War or something like that. You yeah. Know, or whatever. Now, what you said that that was... That that law was brought about in in which year? 1807. So the thing that you're referring to that they want to use against Trump is from uh, during Reconstruction. Um, We we actually talked about it in uh, Sneak Peek. There's an upcoming episode on the Second Amendment and the history of Ah. the Second Amendment. And we covered this law during that because it actually ties into gun control and gun rights and this sort of thing, the history of it and the history of the Second Amendment. Okay. Go listen to that when it's out first. But for now... <laughs> and then come I will, back and then we yeah. can finish the episode. I mean, yeah, so okay. we'll pause and then I'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> but for now, I will try to summarize from what I remember from that, because that was now a couple of weeks ago. During the Reconstruction, 1870s law, it was also had insurrection in the title, but it was specifically to bar former Confederates from serving in any sort of political office. Right. And that was because there was a uh, a large amount of former Confederates who, after they lost the gun battle, went into uh-huh. the legal and uh, legislative battle and did right. what a lot of January 6th people are doing and going and running for office. Right. And to the non-Confederate lawmakers, those who fought against the Confederacy, um, saw all of saw that that the U.S. was very close to being overtaken by there being a majority of Confederates in 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 national office office, yeah, yeah, um, so they created this law to basically kick them all out and prevent that from from them taking it over from the inside, so to speak. So that's the law that's being used to try to. That's what they want to try to. And I, these guys recently here, right? Oh, 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 not for I'm the asking, January sixth. So okay, no, that, that's the one you're talking about. For this thing. For, so this 1807 thing might be okay, what yeah, they're using yeah. for January 6th. For Trump, there is a dream 
a legal dream that they will use the Confederate law to bar him by saying, blocking him at the door, basically saying, hey, you let, ran an insurrection against the America, which right. is what the Confederacy okay. was. Yeah. And so you can't hold office because of this law that we passed. The only reason that the law stopped working, and there are, and, you know, not all, <laughs> well, there's people who probably are self-proclaimed Confederates, but yeah, then course. they're actually, while they were still alive, they did get back into office uh, because they pardoned all the Confederates. A couple of years later for reconciliation. That's right. I remember that. I remember that happened. And in fact, in fact, specifically Johnson did that, right? Uh, uh, Andrew Johnson, like the the, the very unpopular uh, successor to uh, Lincoln, who was his his vice president, who became president um, because Lincoln was killed. Mm-hmm. I, I believe it was him who did that. And he, I don't, I think he was already pretty unpopular. And then that, I don't think that yeah. made things much better no. for him. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he's re- remembered f- fondly as one of our worst presidents. Yeah. So, uh, for sympathizing with the Confederates is what it I appeared. So. Yeah. What it appeared exactly. to be, yeah, yeah. And and I think that that was even back when they were like, I, okay. So I know that it used to be the case that the runner-up became vice president, and I don't know if that was still the case at this point, or, you know, or if, or if we were well past that. But you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Because it didn't always used to be that you would run for president with a running mate. It yeah. used to be that you would run for president, and the person who got the second most votes would become the vice president, and then now you've got this person working. Sorry, I forgot to hit record. I, I knew it was gonna. Serious? I knew it was gonna bust up your flow. I'm so sorry. I That's not gonna it. change anything, is it? Are you you're, you're recording separately? In, I'm recording uh, in separately an... on the Zoom. Okay. as a backup. Good. As a backup. Yeah. Okay, so we don't have to like start over. No, again. no, 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 no. I was trying All to right. sneak it in, but I knew that it was just gonna be. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> definitely. Sorry, a little ro- robotic voice reminded me that we're being recorded. Yeah, sorry. Um, which I mean, maybe I should get used to that for the, you know for the yeah. future. But yeah. I was saying it used to be the case that the person who got the second most votes for the uh, presidency became the vice president. Yes. And then what would happen is you'd have all these people who like the person who came in first was in one party and the person who came in second was in a different party. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And and they're they're working they're together and yeah. like they have to work work together, which on paper that might sound kind of cool, but obviously in practice it was a nightmare. And yeah. so they changed that you you know to, to where you'd have a running mate, but I don't know when that happened and I'm not sure if it was still in the old way when they elected Right. Lincoln, uh, Lincoln. and Johnson. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It seems to me that Johnson was a different party from Lincoln. Uh, and I, I seem to recall that, like he was a Democrat, as, as they were known back then. Yes, right? yeah. well, Southern Democrat, yeah, which would have exactly. been sympathetic to the Confederacy, potentially. Presumably, presumably. Yeah. Uh, Lin- right. uh, potentially. Lincoln right. was a Republican, as we know. So Exactly. It's, the, it's the, the, the party of Lincoln, as the GOP always loves to say. The, the polls reversed at some point, and uh, now it's topsy-turvy. So are we, are we like way, way off topic now? Like, um, I mean, because I, w- the whole point We're probably like was, waist deep in the weeds. I mean, they had a lot of insurrection acts. So the 1807 is basically a, re- a revision of a revision of a revision that had been going on forever, initially to combat indigenous peoples uh, oh, fighting of colonies and settlers. Interesting. interesting. That's where it began. And then it just the government kind of refined it every couple of years to apply to whatever was needed at the time. Um, and uh, anyway... That's the one that was used that 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 Eisenhower used. Yes, the 1807 right. Insurrection Act, and and okay. and I mean, to talk about all that, it really was almost a little civil war. He was using the the governor was wielding an army for his own political purposes. Yeah, that's was basically against, what it seems like. It was against the law. Literally, a law had just been passed, and he's like, "No, I'm going to use ten thousand of my own men to say that not not in my state. There's not that law. Right. That's, that's right. an insurrection." 
you know, it, it is, it was well, accurately I mean, labeled. There was a federal law that was saying that these people are, are allowed to go to this school, yes, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And exactly. so, okay, and he right. said, not, not in my state. It's not going to happen. Not in my town. That's the beginnings of a civil war. Well, it sure is a good thing people aren't racist anymore. You know, that was over over 50 years ago. Yeah, those people are still alive. <laughs> They're still voting. That's a good All point. those people are still voting. Those, yeah. The governor's dead, presumably, but... Uh, Let's hope so. The troops are probably still alive. September 24th, 1980. War erupted between Iran and Iraq as Iraqi troops crossed the border and encircled Abadan, then set fire to the world's largest oil refinery. Woo, what a sight that must have been. Ooh, wow. The war lasted for eight years, and Iraq's motive for invasion included the recent Iranian revolution a year prior, and the feared Ayatollah would export radical Iranian ideologies. So this is... Did, did you ever see Persepolis or, or read Persepolis? Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah That's about the Iranian about the, revolution. Yeah, they were talking... Yeah. Well, it, it is, of course. I mean, it's about uh, the, you know about a, a, a young woman, a girl, and you know, and then later in the book, she's a, a woman, but mm -hmm. um, from Iran. And uh, in it, you know, they talk about the war and how in the beginning of the book, I think it's going on, right? And they've just ousted the Shah. And, you know, at first everyone was really excited about that. And then it, there was this big revolution and a lot of people were a lot less excited after that. Um, but um, the, the it's, it paints, a, that, that story is absolutely wonderful you you say you have you've mm -hmm. seen that or you've read that mm -hmm. yeah. yeah yeah seen it and and the way that it it like it points out how the shah did it had to go he was doing all these things that were bad and mm -hmm. uh he was a monarch and you, you know this is not you know this is the modern era we don't really want monarchs these days right you know and um and how um but on the other hand, there were all these nice things that that were uh, he he did do and he helped in you know in some ways, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, and then likewise, you know, we got rid of him. Okay, that's good. But then also we got this other entirely separate way of 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 living that wasn't very good for a lot of these people. And um, it it it's it's nice because it kind of shows um, how there's uh, th th there's really no black and white. You know, I mean, there's like there's very close to black and very close to white sometimes, but there's not, you know, there's never really truly a, you know, yeah. pure one one way of looking at something, you know? Yeah. And, um, but anyway, and so there's this this war, I remember hearing about that, and, um, you know, fr from my perspective, you know, I, I mean, I grew up in America, and I never have been much of a history buff in the first place, and so most of the world history I've learned about was either, it was really, really old, or centered around the United States. And um, the war between Iran and Iraq that was going on here was just, I, I have no idea, you know, I was not aware of of it at all until I saw this movie and how it was the, this really big trauma to the country, you know, and it was very enlightening and insightful for me to get a chance to to see and, and hear about this. And then and then later I, I went ahead and also I read the, the the graphic novel that was based on, and it's also terrific. You got any jokes about the war? I, oh boy, uh, did you hear the one about the? Thankfully, no, I don't. Okay, I'm not about to put my foot in that. I just wanted to t say that I've, I've heard of that through Persepolis. Most of this podcast is advertising different kinds of movies. Exactly. All I am is this weird, like, kind of amalgam of the media I've consumed in my life. And and, and when someone says, hey, this this thing reminds you of Ghostbusters, I'm going to say, hey, let's go Ghostbusters. And so, you know, that's how it goes. Aren't we all? Aren't we all just... Just a bunch of Ghostbusters. <laughs> September 24th, 1877. Saigo Takamori... A hero of the, oh, I didn't look up the, is it Meiji? Meiji? Me Meiji. Meiji. A hero yeah. of the Meiji Restoration was killed after reluctantly leading a rebellion against the Meiji government. He was one of the most influential samurai in Japanese history. 
Takamori and his rebellion was the inspiration for the 2003 film, The Last Samurai. Oh, here we go. Films, films again. So I told you. Do you know who directed that? Zwick? Edward Zwick, my distant cousin with whom I have no connection. Oh, that's right. It really is a relation. It's genuinely is my... Yeah, exactly. He's actually my distant cousin. There was some really big familial rift a couple of generations ago in my family between a couple of brothers or something like that. And it really caught... They just had wanted to have nothing to do with each other. And the, there was the ones who stayed in Chicago. And that's what I'm... You know, that's what my dad's from. And then there was the ones who moved. And I think that they went to California or something. And I believe... I, I, if I'm getting this right, I believe that that's where uh, Edward Zwick comes from. September 24th, 1991. American alternative rock group Nirvana released its breakthrough album, Nevermind which helped make grunge an international phenomenon and gave voice to Generation X. You know, I heard, so my brother-in-law Dan told me this, that grunge was not a word that was invented by anyone who was involved in the music of, of that style of, of music, right? Mm-hmm. That Nirvana called himself punk. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, probably a lot of the fans of it knew them as punk, you know? Mm-hmm. And then the thing was, that wasn't very marketable or something like that, you know? And they wanted to have this nicer term the record companies and and the music sellers yeah um marketers all these people they want to have a nicer term that they could use to market this stuff and they just came up with well it sounds kind of grungy let's call it grunge it sounds a little more friendly you know because i think they probably still had this idea you know when i was a kid punk didn't really mean much to me until much much later in my life when i began to look at the history of punk and how punk was was so critically revolutionary to 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 attitudes and stuff and that these people having these opinions and these attitudes really seriously shaped the minds of a lot of people. Yeah. There was a huge pushback against, you know, establishment and the man and th- there being um, a, a band calling themselves punk and doing all these things really caused this word to have, it felt really negative to a lot of people, probably mostly, you know, establishmentists, right? You know, and so, and so these, they were, they were eager to try to come up with a, another word they could use. And I'm pretty sure that's where grunge came from. I hope that I'm right about that because <laughs> I did... I didn't do much research in the way of that, but I but I I do I do believe though that that Nirvana called themselves punk when they were when they were new. Yeah. What's your X handle? What's my X handle? Oh mm-hmm. right, X. Okay, X. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> um, my X handle is just I think it's just Douglas Zwick. I don't think it's uh, I don't think I have anything clever there. All right. Well, hit him up and let him know how to do. Yeah. See how I do. Go ahead and go ahead and tweet at me. I we'll see. We'll see how it goes. What do you say? X at you. God, I think no, you say X going well, to give it this, to you. Yeah, they, they, that's what they have to say. Yeah, <laughs> you say you, just X give it to me, and then I'll. You know, that's it, that's it. That's the verb for it. Uh, well, no, because I know that. I mean, they they did change it, so now you like you. It doesn't say tweets anymore. It says posts. You know, you, you don't oh, tweet. You post, it's right? a post. It's okay. just a post. So post at me, I guess. Right? Wow, it's, it's the stupidest. I hate it. I absolutely yeah. hate it. Speaking of anti-establishment, I mean, God, this. It's so bad. It's so bad, dude. Twitter is just uh, X is just going down the toilet. You know? Yeah. But anyway, literally, uh, <laughs> there's engineers leaving. It's it's so bad. It's so unfathomably bad. What what he's done to it? Apparently, like now it hides. What is it? It hides like quote tweets or something like that. You know, where like if someone has a really bad take, and mm. it used to be you'd see all these people quote tweeting him. And then just dunking on him, you know, and that was awesome, you know, and and now you don't see it anymore, something like that. I I didn't because they're mean to Elon. Exactly, that's what I'm saying. Like, he he goes after all the things that people do to. He's like, all right, well then I'm not gonna let you do that anymore. Yeah, and 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 I'm gonna make you see more of my tweets, and I'm gonna not yeah. have to deal with yours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, what a, a waste. I mean, this what is a man. Ex- yeah, what a tiny tiny man. 
Speaking of tiny men, September 24th, 1934, Babe Ruth played his last baseball game for the New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium. There you go. I've heard of him. You like the candy bar? I actually really do like the candy bar quite a lot because it's okay. Here's the thing. So what what is it? It's like it's caramel, right? Mm-hmm. And and it's nugget. I think it's caramel and nugget, and then peanuts and chocolate, right? Yeah. But but that's literally the the ingredients of a Snickers bar, right? Mm-hmm. So it's just a different formulation, another way of putting together the same things that tastes really good. And I really like Snickers too. Um, but sometimes I want a, a a baby Ruth, and sometimes I want a Snickers. Is it baby Ruth? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I always thought it was Babe Ruth. Wow. No, it's Baby Ruth. That's what. That's the. That's the candy bar. Oh well, then it's not about him at all. It's about no, a. No, it's not. It's about a little child named Ruth. It, well, it must be. I'm sure it's just a, a couple of clicks away to find out to find out the truth of this matter. One could. And we will leave that as an exercise to the listener. There we are. All right. September tw- <laughs> September twenty fourth, nineteen ninety five. The Brit. Do you know where I'm going with this? Uh, I mean, you uh, gotta go. know this day. You, I mean, okay, wait. I think September everybody 24th, knows this is coming up. September twenty fourth, nineteen ninety five. Nineteen ninety five. BBC this is, this is... miniseries Pride okay. and oh, Prejudice. Yeah. Oh yes. No, I didn't. I did not know you were that. <laughs> I... The BBC miniseries Pride and Prejudice, starring Colin Firth and Jennifer. Oh no, I should have looked up her name. Lawrence. Ellie. I'm just gonna go with <laughs> Lawrence as a little baby. Jennifer L. Debuted on British television and became one of the most acclaimed adaptation of Jane Austen's classic novel. There's lots of memes about it, I think. Is there? September 25th, 1513. That one was just about a media one. Like, it wasn't like, and then there's a movie about it. That one was like this. It was just about the movie. That was the movie was. The I've, n- I've never heard of any of these people, but I've heard of movies. And so, of course, I've heard of that movie. And you say BBC miniseries. And I say, uh, you're wrong. Okay, that's a movie and it has Kira Knightley and it came out many years later. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. keep going. Okay. All right. So now. Here we go. We're flashing hundreds of years ago, right? Now we're going way back. And right. this is, we'll have to think of what movie this is. September 25th, 1513. Spanish explorer Vasco Nunez de Balboa first sighted the Pacific Ocean after crossing what's what's the word it it's isthmus i s t h m u s yeah I guess I would I I I've always said isth I always try to pronounce those letters as you know you would individual or, you know isthmus right yeah. you would see an s you would say you know yeah. you say a t you see a th and you'd say th but I don't really know if it is because then later in my life I, I saw that there are lots of words that come from Greek like this one does that have the the ths don't always you sometimes you say like a t you know yeah and so it could just be isthmus, uh, isthmus but I, like Christmas I, the isthmus of Panama what does isthmus mean it means it's it it well picture Panama before mm-hmm. the canal. Yeah. How it's a narrow bit of land between two, you know, bodies of water. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. That's an isthmus. How did he cross through it? I mean, he got off his boat and he walked across it. <laughs> I mean, that no, that, that's no. What it you're is. exactly right. You're exactly yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I thought he needed to have his boat on the other side to see the ocean. Right. Well, it says after crossing, so he probably yeah parked his boat, took an expedition, yeah, exactly walked until this is they a were big, on the. Uh, yeah. Don't be mistaken about how big Panama is. Okay, it's it's big. You can't. This is the big isthmus. From, yes, exactly. And the Panama Canal. You know, this is, is no. This is no Elon isthmus. I mean, this is big you. isthmus <laughs> energy. This is big, exactly. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, because the Panama Canal is really long, and it takes a long time to go through it. Guys, it's, it's very- long too. It's not just big. All right, we'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> 
Is that it on the Isthmus? I mean, I think so. Let me see. Let me see. Hold on. Isthmus, uh, Panama. Uh, Panama reminds me of Panama Canal. Panama Canal reminds me of Suez Canal. Suez Canal reminds me of ships blocked in the Suez Canal. Okay, which was always kind of hilarious in, in some sense. September 25th, 1690. The first mm-hmm. American newspaper was published. Ooh. A single edition of public occurrences, both foreign and domestic. Oh, had a, 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 ended with a K, is what you're saying? Spelling conventions didn't really begin to become universal until printing became mm, much more, mm. you know, more and more and more popular. Right. And I want to tell you, I saw a fantastic YouTube video. It was about Chaucer and Canterbury Tales, and it was about how, because because that was that was Middle English, okay, yeah. right? And um, that particular book is the source of a lot of the words that we have in modern English. And the reason is that it was it was a very popular book in its time. And people really liked it. But, you know, back then, this is like right when the printing press, actually, it was written before the printing press, okay? And so, you know, you'd have a copy of it, you know, in like every several towns, right? You know, that was it. You you know, you'd hope that someone had a copy. And if they did, it's because a bunch of monks wrote it down by hand. Right, right, yeah. yeah. About 100 years later, when the printing press was invented, the people who were looking for things to print, they're all like, well, we're already printing Bibles. What else do we do? And this one guy in England was like, dude, Canterbury Tales, 100 years ago, still really popular. I'm going to print that. I'm going to get the corner on printing in English because up to now, it's almost all just Latin, right? But I'm going to sell English books in English to English people in England, and they're going to love it. And they did. And guess what? He had to decide which version to use, because if he used the version from this town, it would use these words. And if he used the version from this town, it would use these words, because English still wasn't, it was still very nebulous, you know, it was still very much in its cocoon, and it hadn't really solidified yet. And so he's like, well, here we go. I'm choosing these words. And guess which words we have in modern English now? Those ones. Well, which Uh, place was it? Which place? I actually forget. The, I forget. So you have to look it up yourself. But, but it was a town uh, in England somewhere. It was some particular. It was presumably the place he was from. Is what I'm guessing. But it was it was some place um, that it was that local version, you know, dialect of English that yeah. you know, those those words got in, and the rest of them kind of just fell away and didn't exist anymore. Uh, both foreign and domestic appeared in Boston, Massachusetts, after its first issue, which carried an account that offended the colonial governor because we're still pre-America. Mm-hmm. The newspaper was promptly closed down by British colonial authorities. Only days huh. later, no other newspaper would appear in the colonies until 14 years later. Wow. They only had one edition. Here's another old America. September 25th, 1789. The first U.S. Congress proposed 12 amendments to the Constitution, 10 of which comprising the Bill of Rights were ratified. This is straight out of the Second Amendment episode because... The second one of those was the Second Amendment. There you go. And I want to know two, two things. Two things out of this. Yeah. What were the two that weren't ratified? And also, if these are amendments, it means that they weren't there in the first place, and it means that they they were, were. Yeah. Well, first, sorry. First of all, they were all ratified. The first ten were just what they call the Bill of Rights. The oh, other two okay. were just amendments. Even though came later. Okay. I think the first 10 amendments were packaged as this thing called the Bill of Rights, which was right. directly ripped off from the English mm. Bill of Rights. Mm-hmm. Here's what happened really quickly. Okay, let's hear it. When we're signing the Constitution, the deal was, okay, we're going to shelve all of our disagreements that we can't solve, sign the Constitution right now. So we got something, we're going, we're working off of something that's yeah. real. In the f- near future, we will give you guys 10 changes to... 
I see. The uh, to the Constitution, and you can have, and we'll go. You know, if you feel we're leaning left, you get ten right leaning amendments uh, in the future. If we can just sign this thing right now, so we can get uh, cooking on having a real government. I see. So um, it was kind of a bit of a compromise. A huge that, compromise. One of them including slavery, <laughs> keeping yeah, slavery going, yeah. among many other things. And, uh, you know, they compromised there and then they compromised again with the Bill of Rights because one of them was the Second Amendment, which was right. the rights to the state's militias, specifically regarding the state's ability to arm and control their enslaved populations and indigenous populations. Um, and they didn't want the federal government to say, oh, we're going to have a federal army. You don't need your militias. And they're going to go, oh, no. But it was a law that you had to, as a white man, serve in a in, a, in the southern states, serve in a militia. Oh, that's fascinating. It's because they needed that. to ensure that, yeah, that, that there didn't be people ever wane. Could... Yeah, that there's always a standing army to control people who were not white. So when we hear about the idea of the Second Amendment being this protection of the people against the federal government, which was what... You yeah. often that's the exactly you often get that's from the secular. right wing smokescreen for saying right. this is Dang. why we need it because the big government and people said that back then too they said oh the the federal uh, you know government's going to have an army just like the British government and us states are going to have a new king and get pushed around by these by the new redcoats um, but that wasn't what they were afraid of the Bill of Rights and the Second Amendment were written during the Haitian Revolution, which was the first... This is all Second Amendment stuff, um, but in the Second Amendment episode, so upcoming, you know, look out for that. Um, But the Haitian Revolution, um, which was the first uh, revolution of enslaved peoples where they became a self-governing country Mm -hmm. that was free of slavery. Yeah. um, And free of of their former colonial uh, rulers. So... Everyone was scared shitless after that mm-hmm. happened. It reverberated around the world that Haiti was the stronghold. That was Hispaniola. That was the original Spanish colony. That's where Columbus landed. So ah. that was that was ground zero for Spanish colonialism and Spanish Atlantic, I mean, transatlantic slave trade. Right. And that col- as Rome fell when Haiti revolted. Yeah. And, and they speak French there now. And they... Well, because... Uh, the Spanish had it and then s- gave it to the French by the time of s- okay, s- this is I was only I was only saying that because I was saying <clears throat> you're you know, correct. They, I was well, sticking it to, to Spain, you know. No, guess what, no, Spain, but, no. But by then we're not even we're not even yeah. So, so it's okay. because of the at the time the Spanish weren't the uh, uh, they weren't even in charge anymore. Yeah, they weren't in charge of, okay. of Haiti specifically right. anymore. No, but they uh, spoke still speak French and the French. They, they, so they revolted against the French, and the French uh, came back every couple of years with a bunch of warships and said, if you don't pay us so much money, we're going to take it back. And obviously, they it's difficult to have every five years have a <laughs> independence, war of independence. It's expensive and difficult and dangerous yeah. and deadly. So it's not something... So they just kept... You know, they were the bully, and they just... You, you shoot him away. You fight off the bully once, but he comes every day he comes asking for your lunch money. You're going to fight every mm. day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they s- had to give the lunch money, and that's why one of the reasons why they're so horrifically in debt. There's a bank of France still in Haiti oh for this for the exact reason of these of these bribe loans. They would say, you know, take out however much money. That's how much it'll cost you to avoid a military conflict and us taking it back, so you can maintain your freedom. And wow. to the point where they put a freaking bank in Haiti for this, 
and 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 the country just went into an insurmountable debt that they so just not, didn't have the economic you know, you know anyway yeah and they're so still they're not really truly struggling. free free then i mean still, and the french are still doing this they're can still you paying this? the french they're you know still why? paying because you know why because it's a it's a revenue income I mean, it's, it's, yeah, it's a revenue for the stream, French still. Right? This so literally, don't, we're living don't in 1789. Off, yeah, you don't cut off a revenue stream just because it's the right thing to do. No, even yeah, in even in 2023. Today. Yeah, exactly. 2023. This is 1780s. We're talking about, and the French are still sucking money for this bribe. They're paying off a loan. Is what what now is yeah. what they're calling. It's not. They're not threatening to invade overtly yeah, but, although i you know wouldn't put it past any european country uh you know especially america not to invade a place but um this is really actually it's, anyway. this this to me i mean I, I i don't know a real lot about the french revolution uh but i was going to say that to me it's kind of it sheds light on the really kind of deep inherent racism in a lot of mm-hmm. uh, european history because mm-hmm. the french revolution you always hear about it from from our perspective as this beacon of of you know pro- pro- progress in the direction of people you know right. and, and equality and equality and mm-hmm. September 26 1969 the Beatles released Abbey Road their last recorded album Let It Be though mostly recorded earlier than Abbey Road was released in 1970 um let's see commentary on that yeah i really like the beatles that's not like much of a hot take, I, but, no. but I really like them. What do you think of the Beatles, Zach? I like them. Um... There's a fairly large number of songs by the Beatles that I absolutely love. And then there's so many songs by them in general that, and I haven't heard like more than 10% of them. So it's very likely there's a whole bunch of Beatles stuff out there that I just don't think is at all worth listening to. You know what I'm saying? I think that's a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There you go. But they got such a, such a lot of music that th- mm-hmm. there's, um, really a lot in there that's absolutely terrific and as it happens abbey road is uh very dense with really really good music and you know some of the stuff on the on the b side of abbey road is just so beautiful someone from the sex pistols was kicked out of the band for liking the beatles i think that was yeah kind of bringing it back to punk here right you know that's part of the definition here you know beatles is this broad the britney spears yeah exactly of its time and then now denominator you know excuse me you can't like them and be in this band with me you know September 26, 1815, the Holy Alliance of Russia, Austria, and Prussia was formed after the final final defeat of Napoleon. You going to see the movie? Talking about movies? You going to see the the Ridley Scott Napoleon movie? Well, I've not heard of it. Woo! With uh, Joaquin Phoenix is playing Napoleon. Really? Coming to theaters next month. Oh my god! I've actually been pretty far out of the movie loop for quite a while, and part of it is because I almost never watch TV or really anything with ad- with ads. Yeah, and so I don't find I don't hear about movies because I don't see the ad- the ads for them. Got to go down and the so YouTube movie trailer rabbit hole sometime. I I could just I go guess, upcoming but... movies. That's fun sometimes. You just see a bunch. It of is trailers. kind of fun. Get excited. Kind of fun. You get excited actually, you know, again. You feel like a kid. Yeah. You should do it. It's kind of fun. Everyone, Everyone should do it. Do it. Once. Once. Do it. You do too, yeah. I, no, I, no, every too. once in yeah. a while, I, I'll, I'll hear, I will hear about something somehow. It comes through the grapevine. It makes its way to me, and it's something I'm really interested in. And so I hear about it, and I, I'm like, okay, well, yeah, I'm going to go to see that with my friends or whatever. And um, and then, hey, here's the trailers. It's like, wow, I haven't seen movie trailers for like a year. You know, that always happens. So I, I'll see a handful of trailers because I'll see a movie or two a year. But um, I'm right. really, really slow on seeing movies these days. So, so you're saying that there's this upcoming 
Napoleon movie. Yeah. And I, I need clearly need to see that because movies are my only source of exposure to the outside world. Right. We'll do yet, a Napoleon so. episode, maybe. And, and, and then I'll In, get to, to do it. You know, yeah. and, and I'll have all of my information from that movie. And surely it will all be correct. Of course. And, um, and not, you know, Hollywood it up. Right. No, so not but, really Scott. Uh, not one bit. He wouldn't dare. We're going to get a movie by a filmmaker whose job is to entertain us with a good movie. And if there's something part of history that that is that he just can't make it make sense in the movie, it's probably going to change in, in, in that in that script. And that's I mean, I'm, I'm kind of defending that, that that practice. But like, you know, I, to, to an extent, that's what you that's what you do when you make a movie. You, you're making a piece of art, you know? Yeah. Well, then you'll be OK with the laser guns then. Yeah, thank you. Good. Because <laughs> because I was always disappointed with the lack of laser guns in most depictions of that era of history. Yeah. September 26th, 1580. After nearly three years at sea, English Admiral Francis Drake arrived in Plymouth Harbor, England, completing his circumnavigation of the world. Right. So this is exciting. Did he walk and across he- the Ismith? Uh, he might have. <laughs> I, well, no, I believe he went southern tip of South America. Yeah, yeah. So I know Magellan's famous for this, but Magellan died on his voyage, didn't he? His ship made it all the way around the world, but he didn't. This is what I believe, right? Okay. Um, Drake did make it. September 26, 1960, the first ever televised presidential debate occurred between presidential candidates John F. Kennedy and Richard M. Nixon. Many who watched were inclined to say Kennedy won, quote, the debate, while those who listened... Only to the radio thought Nixon did better. Nixon, who declined to use makeup, because he's a man, appeared somewhat haggard looking on TV in contrast to the sprightly and makeuped Kennedy. I like that. He wasn't afraid. He knew he knew how to work the cameras. He knew. Yeah. He was he was handsome. People yeah. people liked how he looked. Yeah. And That's he knew cool. how to do his hair and you know. Work I don't think smile. he knew how to do his hair. But people knew people knew how to do <laughs> his hair. People knew how to do his hair. His yeah. assistants knew how to do his hair. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say good good luck making Nixon look handsome. You heard about the new JFK conspiracy? Or the guy who, who has a new book out? A, he was a Secret Service agent there on the day. And he's now putting out a book. He's 80-something years old. Uh-oh. And uh, he claims that... So the Warren Commission, you know, they, they said that there was one bullet. And that's where all these conspiracy theories come from. Because people are like, one bullet went through Kennedy's head, arm... Into right. the Governor Connolly's arm or leg or whatever it was, you know, mm-hmm. bounce all around, and then was found nearly intact. So what? Mm. So this guy says, okay, the reason that's so crazy is because I was after they took Kennedy and Connolly off the limos and stretchers into the hospital when the limo arrived at the hospital. I'm looking down into because he was riding on the limo, you know, as it left Dealey Plaza. Mm-hmm. I'm looking down and I see a bullet in the car and I pick it up and I think, oh, this is important evidence. So he walks it into the Kennedy's medical room and sets it on the table. This is his claim. Sets it there so people will, in an obvious place, so people will clearly see it, you know, and know know it's a bullet. He's in the hospital. They might pull other bullet fragments out of his brain and put them in evidence as well. So put all that in the same spot for the ballistics people. Here it is. Okay. And that's where the one bullet thing comes from is the Warren report says what happened was they were carrying the stretcher and a bullet falls out and people pick it up and put it on the table. And what this guy's saying is, oh, no, it was me picking it out of the limo. 
I set it on Kennedy's stretcher or something like that, and then it fell out, and that's how you guys got that fallout thing. And it doesn't really change anything, I guess. Yeah, other right. Than... And that's my thing because it sounds like he's just saying, "Yes, I, I'm, I'm the person who found this thing that we already know was found. no exists and was found. Yeah. This is just the story of how it was, how it yeah. suspiciously fell off of, out of the okay. stretcher and was found where people are like it was rolling on the floor. Are you kidding me? Conspiracy, you know, it just sounded too wild to be like the bullet that killed everybody. The magic bullet just right. was out bouncing around, free, loosey goosey. He's saying he recovered it from inside of the limo. That's the breaking news. One of the really interesting theories is that the CIA, which this is true, did just get a brand new firearm for security purpose. It was called the AR 15, and mm-hmm. it was being marketed to. Special Operations, Secret Service, CIA, from the Armalite company uh, mm-hmm. to get their brand new gun off the ground and sell some of it. Like, hey, send it to some, you know, send it to the special ops guys. They'll love this thing. It shoots fully automatic. Anyway, so they had this brand new gun that they didn't know how to use because they were just g- given it as like a trial, <laughs> you know, kind yeah. of a thing. No one knew how to use it because it was brand new. All right. Oswald shoots, kabang, gets kennedy through the arm or whatever fires because there's supposedly three shots ah shoots once kabang gets kennedy kabang shoots again secret service guys are going crazy the limo's picking up we're getting shot at we got bullets coming in the limo whatever goes over a bump accelerates too quickly the man who was holding an ar-15 seated behind kennedy who pulls the trigger blasts that's why the bullet that goes through his arm and through everyone else is a nice you know it looks different than the one when it hits his head it blows his head apart yeah and it's this theory is it's because the secret service gentleman seated right behind him accidentally discharged his firearm discharged his firearm his brand new firearm into the head and uh, so we're so this theory you're talking about right now is that is that the would-be assassin didn't Mm -hmm. even didn't even succeed at all he this theory is he shot and hit but did not yes that's that's what i'm saying yeah that's what i'm saying yeah so he may have survived and that's why it's this the government is so weird about it because they're like oh shit guys one of our guys did it by accident oh crap yeah interesting theory interesting true this is true that they were out drinking the night before Mm -hmm. um and they they did have that they you're you're saying they also did just get this new firearm yeah they they weren't very well trained with it they were up till 5 a.m and they have a 6 30 call and so everyone's coming out whoa dude coming out you know totally hammered and because it's just a ride it's a it's just a Sunday yeah. ride. It's one of these. Two, nothing's going to happen. Yeah. Where Where did this come from? Someone wrote it, and then and then the guy who is the Secret Service agent, who is also still alive, sued uh-huh. him because he just used his name and said, "You killed Kennedy." He <laughs> said, "You killed Kennedy." Basically. Oh, the person who wrote this, in fact, called out by name the guy who. Well, yeah, because oh, everyone's wow. going to go. Well, I can see from the footage and the photos, there's only one guy holding the Armalite rifle. <laughs> it was that hmm. guy, so he could not name him, and he got sued. And 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 so the obviously see, the yeah. the guy who was holding the rifle adamantly claims that he did not. His gun did not discharge. Now, I haven't seen any ballistics evidence to say, okay, how many rounds were in the chamber? Is it missing Uh uh one? (laughs) Because the government probably won't, isn't going to say. I mean, yeah, this is the kind of theory that I can, I I really could believe. Like, I'm not prone to to buying into any particular explanation for something like this that, um, that doesn't have, 
public evidence, you know what I mean, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. But this is certainly a lot easier for me to believe than external agents from different you know, yeah. groups. Or Cuban, you know Cuban actors and yeah, Russian more KGB. That are, and yeah. Right. It could also be that the, the gun manufacturer intended to kill President Kennedy. <laughs> Good. Armalite, yes. Exactly. Well, Armalite killed a lot they of supplied, other people. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, they, they supplied this, this weapon. Faulty, that was, yes. It, it, I love it, this. It, it wasn't faulty. See, they, you see, the story is that it was faulty. It was made exactly Perfectly correctly. in tune exactly. for what they wanted. They knew exactly what they were doing. Okay. Yes, yes. Right. Okay, you see that? The previous story we had was way too sane. I had way to too simple. Like this, way too right? simple. Yeah, and that they had, they, one of their boys took the fall, this Oswald guy, okay, yeah. they got him shooting down there to, to, to start the, mm-hmm. the, whole, the whole thing, you know? And that's at Douglas Zwick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, dear. September 26, 1984, Britain agreed to allow Hong Kong to revert to Chinese sovereignty in 1997. Hong Kong was established as a colony. We're talking about colonies a lot. Mm-hmm. As a colony, and this is in the 90s, as a colony of the British Empire after the Qing Empire seceded Hong Kong it's Island. Ching. Oh, thank you. I believe it's, it's a Q-I-N-G? Yes. Yes, Qing. Okay. Are you sure? Okay. Yes, absolutely. Seated Hong Kong Island in 1841. The colony expanded to the Kowloon Peninsula in 1860 and was further extended when the United Kingdom obtained a 99-year lease of the new territories in 1898. Hong Kong was briefly occupied by Japan from 1941 to 1945 during World War II. The whole territory was transferred from the United Kingdom to China in 1997. Hong Kong maintained separate governing and economic systems from the main la- from that of mainland China under the principle of one country, two systems. So it's still a little separate. Yeah, crazy colonies up until the 90s and into today's. It's just into the, yeah, I, we're well, living in it still. You bet. And of course, uh, you know, I mean, if, if the the number of countries that exist in the world de- depends on who you're talking to, right? Yeah, yeah. I once was having a conversation with someone from China, and I was saying something like, you know, buying drugs. You were buying drugs online, probably. I probably was, but I don't remember very well because I do that a lot. Uh, but w- it was, <laughs> hey, you know, what do you think of what's going on? What's going on here? And I wanted to know, like, what. Chinese people thought of this, you know? And they reported you. They reported you to the Chinese government and your server exploded. <laughs> Outside forces got China addicted to opium, created an opening that they were able to use to, to wow. start yeah, yeah. coming in wow. and, and seizing what they wanted, you know? And I think that's part of what why Hong Kong ever was not a part of China in the first place. In, in any sense of the word. Wow. I was making a drug joke, but I was right on. They were buying you drugs were right. online. Exactly. It literally was drugs. September 27, 1996. The Taliban, led by Mohammed Omar, seized the capital city of Kabul, declaring all of Afghanistan an Islamic state. The Taliban started as a militia to battle the Soviet occupation of, of Afghanistan, 1979 to 1992. Once the Soviets withdrew, the country fell into a civil war until Omar and the Taliban emerged as the ruling party of Afghanistan. Talking about militias, too. Mm-hmm. And insurrections, and it's the same... Same story, different setting. September 27th, 1964, after a 10-month investigation, the Warren Commission report was issued stating a lone gunman had been responsible for the assassination of President John F. Kennedy. But we learned see pre- that it's... See previous remarks. Yes, see previous okay. remarks. I, I don't even need to say anymore. That's right. We've we'll just rewind the tape real quick and play that segment it. again. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. September 27, 1962, Rachel Carson's Silent Spring was published, and it became one of the most influential books in the modern environmental movement. Have you read it? 
No. September 27, 1995, the Israeli cabinet agreed to give Palestinians control of much of the West Bank, which had been occupied by Israel for 28 years. Mm. Oh, boy. Okay, we got to power. We got to just power through. Okay, so let's just do one comment. So give me your quick hot take. Hot take on Israel. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I, I, have, I have one minute to, to sum up that. Even less. Okay. <laughs> just I, like... I, I, it's, it's too complicated. I can't talk about it. That's it. <laughs> September 28th, 1066. The Norman conquest of England began as Duke William of Normandy landed at uh, Pevensey, Sussex. Is that how you say it? Pevensey? I will go with that. I don't know. Pevensey? <laughs> Norman Conquest, so that's a, that's a big deal. Talking about yes. English well, and Middle yes. English, that's a huge deal for linguistics. That's the that's the dividing line between Old English and Middle English. Yeah, big and deal. That's a huge thing. That that brings Latin into English, and Latin is where we get most of our vocabulary. So it's a big deal. Good day, good day. September twenty eighth, nineteen seventy eight. Pope John Paul the first died after only thirty three days in office. He was succeeded by John Paul the second. Only 33 days in office and he died. I, well, I didn't even know about that. I don't know much about most popes. September 29th, 1789, Congress created the United States Army, consisting of 1,000 enlisted men and officers. See, that's the big bag boogeyman. 1789, that's the same year as the Bill of Rights, Second Amendment, and they're afraid yeah. of 1,000 men. The militias are bigger than that at that time. I mean, like, yeah. come on. They won the war. Well, but like, the militias wouldn't have been bigger than that if they didn't have the right to be to exist. That's uh, and so you're on Tucker later tonight on X, I believe. That's right. <laughs> okay, September 29th, 1833, King Ferdinand VII of Spain died, and his two-year-old daughter Isabella II was proclaimed queen. What do you think about baby queens? Uh, I prefer baby Ruths. <laughs> September 29th, 1829, Britain's Bobbies made their first public appearance. Greater London's Metropolitan Police Force was established by Act of Parliament at the request of Home Secretary Sir Robert Peel, after whom they were nicknamed Bobbies for Uh, Robert. Oh, Bobbies for Robert. Yep, got it. The force later became known as Scotland Yard, the site of their first headquarters. And I was always wondering why it was called that and what it has to do with Scotland and maybe I'll never know. September 30th, 1949. That was just the name of the yard. It was called Scotland Yard for whatever reason. Well, that's what I'm saying. Why? Scotland's really far away from London. Yeah, but, you know, how it's colonialism. All right. Keep going. <laughs> September 30th, 1949. The Berlin Airlift concluded after 277,264 flights carrying over 2 million tons of supplies to the people of West Berlin who were blockaded by the Soviets. What's your hot take on blockades? Um, love them or hate them? Sometimes I love them. Okay, let's put it that way. Yeah, Suez Canal blockade, you can get down. Oh, God, I can get behind that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. September 30th, 1955, actor James Dean was killed in a car crash in California at age 24. Although he made just three major films, he remains one of the most influential actors. I I don't know about that, but he remains an icon in pop culture. Let's say that, that we can take that we can an icon of pop culture. Very well said. What's your uh, hot take on car crashes? Love them or hate them? I do. I'm not particularly fond of car crashes. All right. Well, that's it. That's September 30th, and we finished rounded it out. That's the week. We made it. We made it. Wow, that's a long week. That was long. Yeah. Well, we we deep dove. We deep dove a little too dove. Oh, did we did we deep? <laughs> oh, did we, we dove? dove. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thanks for joining and. Uh, Check it out next week. We'll be back with more. Thanks, dude. Thanks for having me on, Zach. I'll I'll try to make it again sometime. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. All right, everyone. Bye. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>